Latinos Out Loud podcast. Yo, narco corridos. Yo, they out there. Yo, 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 on the low. Yo, 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 tra, 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 yo, yo, yo. Okay, wow, Rachel, that was a very violent. It's a very yeah. violent yo. What, what's going oh, on with the narco corridos? What is that about? I don't know. I'm I'm feeling gangster. I have a beanie on that says queen <laughs> and a plaid oh, shirt. I feel a little chola-ish right now. My lips uh, yeah, 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 are yeah, yeah, dark yeah. purple. This lipstick. <laughs> I did draw in my eyebrows. Maybe I did it on purpose. I'm not sure. Um, shout out to all the cholas on the West Coast. I shout out to the West Aye. Side. Oh, yeah. Yo, Latinos Out Loud gets mad love from LA, LA, City of Dreams. Thank you, Los Angeles. Estamos soñando con ustedes. Shout out to Boyle Heights. Toma. I know know Boyle Heights. (laughs) I think that's the only, like, hood that I know, like, from the top of my head in LA. Um, uh, But I know Boyle Heights. A lot of Mexicans be repping in Boyle Heights. And they got, like... The best, like, Mexican food down there. Ooh, Mm. like authentic. Yum. Well, this is Latinos Out Loud. In case you don't know, we are Latino and we're certainly loud. Um, From top, from the tippy. A lot of loudness this episode. Hi, I'm your friend from the West Coast to the East, Rachel La Loca. All right. What's up? I'm your friend from the north to the south, Jay Ferns. Whoa, relax. <laughs> <laughs> what? We hitting all areas on the on, on the map. Come on. What up, You're y'all? So I'm geographical. <laughs> Yo, I'm trying to be like Carmen San Diego over here. Hi, where in the world is she? Yo, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I still don't know. Oh, <laughs> she never. She just let me. She ghosted me. She oh. just started traveling in the world and ghosted. Ghosted a brother, man. That is the 2022 version. It's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? She ghosted me, yo. That's like the new, she's, the new Carmen like, San you know, Diego. She, she hooks up. I mean, men or women, I don't know. She gets into a relationship and then she just she just leaves them. Like, and there's like at least one person in every state who who, who has a broken heart. She's international, baby. She's yeah, ransacked Pakistan and put a scam in Scandinavia. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that show. Oh my god, I was into a lot of that programming back in the day, like the smart stuff, the PBS, the Reading Rainbow, the Electric Company, the smart stuff. You know. Yeah. No. I. I I was into that. There was one show where there was a guy who wore a costume where, like, his the insides of his body was outside. Oh, like a science guy, right? Yeah, and so it looked like he was pretty. He was naked, but he was wearing. (laughs) It was like a clear suit, but it had like the inside of his body that you so you could see like his His bones, his his heart. His um, I, I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what they did with his penis. I think they just sort of like <laughs> pretended it wasn't there, like a Ken doll. Or but, what if it was like just a... really small? What if it didn't even show up on the microscope? And then you know, it was it made it easy to get and into Zoo that. And had leotard. like a white. He had like a white fro too. Like he was like the first. It was like him and Richard Simmons had white fros. Um, I think it was like but, a science um, thing. Yeah, he looked like like an ana, like like an anatomic light bright. 
you know? Like, right, yes. I don't know if he I'm looked- saying that word right, <laughs> but he looked like a light bright. This is like a throwback episode. We talk a light bright science shows from the 80s. Holy well, yeah, duh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's Latinos Out Loud. We're together again. We are going to have so much fun this episode. Um, We have some really exciting guests. We have a two-timer coming back. Um, Should we tease it now or should we keep... I guess there is no suspense. There's episode notes. You already know what you've tuned into, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It's Erica Lindo who is coming back again. And yo, right. let me say that with more hype. It's Erica Lindo who... Is back again. I mean, yo, this guy is on fire right now. I can't wait to get to this interview. And he has a wildly, see what I did there? He's got an episode, he's got a podcast called Wild. He's a wildly successful podcast now called Idolo, the Ballad of Chalino Sanchez, where he dives in from an immersive storytelling perspective and has a partner telling the perspective from Mexico, who is a former editor-in-chief of Vice and Español. We love that brand, Vice, in the States. Alejandro Mendoza. So we're talking to them. He's a journalist and a musician. And I'm so excited to get into this interview where we talk about a merger that's really interesting to hear, Literally in the podcast space. And that is the merger of an idol in Latin American, or in this case, Mexican history, and music. There's a merger there, people. Check it out. What do you guys think of all this? I mean, I think it's interesting that you know, this the podcast is about this artist, Chalino Sanchez, who has tens of millions of super fans. Mm. Um, and I never heard of him. So it's 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 interesting how like someone can be so iconic you know to a group of people but like there's a there's a whole there's a an entire maybe country of people that probably um don't really know uh who he is so this um i'm interested to like listen to the podcast to just even find out more about this artist chalino um sanchez and then it gets you know real netflix true crime documentary up in there Mm -hmm. i was like oh there's some there's some spiciness to this story um, you know, it just, there's a lot of stuff going on, a very, very narcos, mm-hmm. you know, narco stuff going on. And, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, it, this, this definitely is something that I want to check out. What about you, Frank? I think this is interesting for me because it comes from a place of what we go through in the inner cities a lot of times, and it's not good things sometimes. And we're, uh, in, you know, on the platforms that we usually get on, we're encouraged not to speak about certain certain things that we experience in terms of violence, but it is part of our upbringing and it's part of our culture. And I think with this podcast, I think they're touching on a lot of that. And me personally, I mean, I always tell you guys, I grew up around a lot of that growing up in the 80s and 90s in New York. Um, I hate to say it, you know, I look up to a lot of people that did not good things. Mm. It's part of our culture and we have to speak about it because it's part of our lives and and it's part of our story, so it's very important, you know? Yeah, I mean, in the interview, they 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 mention, you know, they talk about how some people might be like, oh, great, another, another a negative story about Latinos again. But, I mean, there's, you know, you got to take the good and the bad. Like, some of the, you, you're not going to learn anything if it's just kind of, you're just telling, uh, you know, nice stories Fairy about, tales, like, yeah. Mother <laughs> Teresa type people. And, you know, uh, I mean, you're going to... Sometimes it's going to get ugly. And and what Eric was saying was, you know, uh, 
there's white stories all the time of, yes. of serial killers and right the Sopranos, and, and, the and Godfather, like that. Right? yeah, and they don't. It's not like they're like, oh, why are you only telling, you know, white stories about crime? You know right. what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, this just sounds like an interesting project, and it was a very interesting in- interview. It does get. Pretty serious and dark, and mm. um, as far as love the topic that we're it. talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Good, but, stuff, um, good stuff, good stuff. But it's also just very, and you know, it was just really uh, interesting to find out about this guy and the series itself. And the two guys that we talked to also have a lot of stuff going on in, in um, other than the podcast, so they talk about that too. So my question to you guys is: This podcast that they're doing is like an eight-part series that examines this icons life right so if there was any latino icon that you could build an eight-part podcast around um where you really kind of go in and research their life from beginning middle to end who would you choose is there is there something is there someone that pops out that you're like oh this does this person deserves the eight episode treatment Mm. Mm, that's a great question Frank, do you have an answer? Do you want me to go? What do you think? Jamie, what about you? Yeah, Who's well, go I have first? a group that I uh, I grew up with. I grew up around. Um, they've written two books about them. There was a group um, in the Heights and in the Bronx in the 80s and 90s, and their names were, were the Wild Cowboys. Mm. Oh. Uh, there's a very good book called The Urban Marauders and the Forces of Order. These guys ruled Upper Manhattan and they ruled the Bronx in the early 80s and 90s. They were maybe 17, 18 years old. They were making millions of dollars. I went to school with these guys, and it's a great story of seeing young men, very intelligent, very smart, getting into the drug game, making millions of dollars, and you know, um, their lives went down the hill. And you know, they came from uh, they came from really back bad backgrounds with their parents, you know, first generation. And I, I, it's very close to me because I grew up around them, and I grew up around seeing a lot of the different things that brought them down. So. This is a story that I would love to see one day uh, come to fruition, you know? Now, were these gangs in mostly in the, were they like, what, in the late 70s or in the 80s? They were in the 80s with the crack era. These were young men, 16, 17 years old, and they started setting crack in Washington Heights. And then they moved on to the Bronx areas and they opened up trap houses. They were making millions of dollars. They were making a ton of money and they did a lot of bad things. They killed a lot of people. Um, their trials were huge in New York. They threatened judges. Um, they did wow. a lot of bad things. And it was uh, in the 80s and 90s when crack was like predominantly like the biggest drug in all these inner cities, whether it's L.A., whether it's New York. And it just talks about when you put these drugs in uh, people that don't have the money and you give it to them. And, you know, these are 16, 17 year old guys that were making a ton of money. And uh, what happens, right? And this this book, um, which I, I recommend people to read it, you know, delves into these young men where, they, you know, their parents were, um, you know, first generation working. They weren't being supervised and they were on the block. They were selling crack and mm. they were they weren't bad kids. You know, one of them I knew uh, growing up, his, he used to go around with his mother knocking on the, the door like a Jehovah Witness when he was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And later on, he turned out to be one of the worst killers. in Washington Wait, he Heights. was selling his drugs door to door? When or he this- was young, he was a Jehovah Witness, <laughs> and then later on, oh. Rachel, he became he became one of the worst Sounds killers like in Washington Heights. And we see this over and over in a lot of, in, of our inner cities of our, our cities. Good kids going down the drain when you know there's drugs and there's Product big money of their involved. Environment. 
products of their environment. Buy my Girl Scout cookies or die. (laughs) Word. Okay, let me get two Samoas. Just put the gun down. Damn. Yeah. And and by the way, Jesse Torero, who we had as a guest on the show, bought the rights to this actual book, or I think another book, and he was supposed to make a film about it, and I don't know what happened. But uh, Jesse was trying to make this film, and I I think you guys heard me uh, off air. I asked him about it. Um, but the book has never been made, and a lot of people from Washington Heights have been waiting for this film to be done because it's like our Sopranos. It's wow. our, our godfather growing up in the 80s and 90s when it comes to Dominicans. This was the drug gang that like wrecked havoc up in the Heights and up in Washington Heights. Yo, wow. I, I'm gonna piggyback off of that real quick because, you know, talking Dominican right now, oh, oh, que la vaina. Like, we just right. celebrated Dominican Independence Weekend here in. Sorry, Jamie, you knew it was coming. Sorry, Jamie. It's our independence, like, you know, the remnants of the Independence Weekend because technically it's over, but the party, you know, I party. Oh, I the you know, party don't stop. It doesn't. But I'm going to keep it Dominican because, you know, we also have our Dominican James Bond that I would mm. love to see. And, uh, you know, maybe a 12 inch, I mean, 12 part <laughs> series um, on Porfirio Ruby Rosa. <laughs> oh, that's 007 right there. Oh, oh, seven. Oh, oh. So for those of you that don't know, Porfirio Ruby Rosa is said to be the inspiration behind the character James Bond. Right. He also was one of like uh, he was a Hollywood heartthrob and was bagging Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. All of the big actresses back in the 40s and 50s. This guy got around. He's said to be the Pete Davidson of his time, if you know what I mean. Really? (laughs) That that must be a recent quote from someone. We went yes. from James Bond to Pete Davidson? Jesus. In in a certain regard, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. Oh. I so hear do you hear me? Do you feel I, do. I hear you, I hear you. I hear okay. You. So that's interesting. I'd love to see some of that, right? But then I have a second a second one. I'm sorry. Usually mm. I don't follow. Wait, the but rules. that's gonna be eight episodes? I don't know. Um Jeez. I don't know if that's long enough, if you know what I'm saying. Ooh. Uh, oh, I hear you. Hey-o. And I would give that podcast my full attention. Okay. So, um, now I have a second answer. I never follow the rules with Jamie or Frank's questions. They're always like, yo, what would you? And I'm always like, okay, here's my part A and here's my part B. My part B is along that route. You guys and females out there feel me on this time of the month. That's why I'm talking like this. Okay. Mm. I I would love to see, uh, another deep dive into a Dominican that I'd like to learn more about. His name is Makana man. And he's a porn star out of Washington. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. I got to shout out Makana man. And Makana. You should... <laughs> Makana man? His Jeez. name is... is Mandingo man, you sure? Makana. M-A-C-A-N-A Makana man. You've been Makana telling me about man. this guy for the last three years. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's a fascinating character. What can I say? But he's from the Heights. He's Dominican. And he's like one of the only 
people that look like us out there in the adult film industry. So I would love to talk to him. You know what? I'm going to (laughs) reach out to him. You know, and he's probably going to be like, why is this girl (laughs) reaching out to me to be in a podcast? Let me reach out to him. I don't want him to get no crazy ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not trying to like SMD. I'm just trying to like get you on LOL. (laughs) So (laughs) Frank, hit him up. Makana man. And do me a favor. CC me. No, just kidding. Hit him up. And let's let's get that eight uh, podcast series. Um, You know, I'd have fun investigating that. I'd love to host. I'm sure you So would. we might we might need like a, a you know um, a parental advisory kind of warning <laughs> if this was an eight, if this was an eight episode podcast we're going to need some we're going to need to have a little warning before like the episode like some of this some of the some of the sounds in this show might uh, arouse you. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, uh, there's no FCC monitoring going on up in here so aren't we good? <laughs> Jamie, what's up? Talk to me. What about you, Jamie? Yeah. I mean, you know, like a kind of, you know, there's some obvious ones that you just want to like, you know, like a Sonia Sotomayor, maybe have just like, you know, go really go in on her on her story um, from the beginning to the end. Um, You know, they did a movie about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I feel like Sotomayor, if they could do one for, 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 you know. For for Ginsburg, they can do one for Sotomayor. I'm pretty sure going up in the Bronx. Um, wow. Um, and just kind of this, you know, how she, uh, you know, grew up in a, in a, you know, Catholic and Puerto Rican community. And, um, you know, she made education a priority when she was nine years old. And I'm reading this from uh, biography.com. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I just want you to know that I would do the proper research to make this you know, a very interesting eight-episode uh, podcast, right? Wow, that would be um, interesting. But, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to have just more than one. There's a couple, I think I'd definitely, Roberto Clemente, you know, you want to... That's a good one. That's a good he was one. More, he was more than just uh, uh, an athlete, right? You right, know, he did right, a lot right. for his community, and he even ended up dying on a plane trying yep. to bring food to his community. Mm. And finally, uh, you know, I think... Someone who I would, would want to do an eight-part um, podcast about is Desi Arnaz. Ooh. Mm. Wow. I just recently saw the movie, Aaron Sorkin movie, um, where, you know, about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, where Javier Bardem uh, mm. played Desi Arnaz. I know some people, that's a controversy because oh, yeah. he's from España mm. and he's playing a Cubano. Mm. Um, also, he doesn't really sound like Desi Arnaz <laughs> um, or look like him. And But look, I mean, he still got nominated for an Oscar, I think. So somebody liked that performance. I, I, you know, and, and I'm a fan of everybody, Javier Bardem. I think he's a great actor, but I, I wasn't really feeling that, that, um, that, that, that performance or even that movie. But that's wow. a whole other story. But I think, uh, but I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan, so I just, just that movie. But, um, I, uh, Desi Arnaz, yeah, he did a lot. He had a lot of things that he, you know, a lot of people thought, um, think that he created the three camera structure. Oh, right. Um, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of Multicam. Show. So it wasn't just, mm-hmm. yeah. So he wasn't just Louis Sealball's boo. Like Ooh, he, thought... <laughs> he, um, he kind of had some. They were a business. They were like a power oh, yeah. They were a business and they produced a lot of other well-known shows. So um, there's a lot more to that story that I would like a little bit more meat on the bone about, you know, because the, the movie kind of just hit, a, it, you know, it just, it really just followed them through a week 
of, Damn, of taping the show. Wow. So I want I want to get a little bit more. And so I think you can get in depth in that with an eight part um, podcast. I think you can really um, get some information that you would normally not know or find out. So yeah. I think we all have really good choices. I think we can do our own eight episode yeah. like. We got to pick. We have choices. We got to pick which iconic Latino we want to do this on. But maybe we can maybe we can ask Sonoro. Yo, Sonoro. <laughs> hook it up. Hook it up. Let's do this. You know, let's, let's get into go. business again. All right. And if anybody out there needs any kind of ideation for a podcast, yo, what can we not do a podcast on? That's my question. Okay. Right. okay. Come to the three of us and we will brainstorm the F out of your seed of a concept and develop <laughs> one or 50 podcast concepts for you. Y'all right? Well, yeah, definitely. Bring your umbrellas because, you know, a brainstorm is coming. Ooh, ooh, you know? It's a podcast storm predicted for the weekend. <laughs> Jamie, fun fact. Lucy O'Ball lived on Dykeman at one point in her life. I, I heard yes. that. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. I have a fun Lucy fact, too. Lucille Ball was the first pregnant woman to portray a pregnant woman on television. Wow. Interesting. Right? Nice. Very interesting. Well, I think that these two journalists that we're about to talk to also uncover some interesting facts about Chalino Sanchez. So why don't we get into this interview right now with our friends Eric Galindo and Alejandro Mendoza. Everybody, this is the part of the show here on Latinos Out Loud where we go ahead and fill in the blank. Yup, I say it every single episode. This is where we interview someone, and today's case, someone's amazing. Mm. Okay, we have a two-timer. He's such a two-timer, I can't even. He's a two-timer. <laughs> he's coming back to the Latinos Out Loud podcast, and he's joined by someone else I'm so excited to talk to. You may hear a lot of Spanish this episode. Español, que sale. Let's see, Jamie is reading the Spanish thesaurus right now, <laughs> looking for words. I got, I got my Google Translate, and then I got my thesaurus, you know, I like new school and old school, so. Well, we are so excited to have them here. They have a hit podcast that's everywhere right now. It's called Idolo, the Ballad of Chalino Sanchez. Please put your hands together for Eric Galindo and Alejandro Mendoza. Oh, thank you, thank you, muchas yeah. gracias, fellow members of the Sonoro Familia. Yes, right. That's good. We are in the building, Latinos. We're outside. Well, I'm not outside. It's cold in New York today, but I'm inside, <laughs> but outside. You know, that's what the kids are saying. We're outside. Is that cool? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> It lets you know where you letting people know where you at. So yeah, yeah. Well, where are you guys at, Eric Alejandro? Are you far? Are you in another country, somewhere exotic? Please tell us. I think we're both in Mexican cities. My Mexican city is called Los Angeles. Uh, I'm in LA. Yeah, I'm in LA. The weather is beautiful. Nice. Yo estoy. I'm in la ciudad de México, Mexico City. Cheers from Mexico City. Nice. Well. 
It's so nice oh. to have you both. Bienvenidos al podcast Latinos Afuera Muy Loud. No, that yeah. doesn't translate. <laughs> it's just Latinos Out Loud. Pero uh, I'm really going to try some Spanish here. Uh, Eric, uh, wait. Do yeah. you speak Spanish, Eric? Are you fluent? I do speak Spanish. I, I'm L.A. fluent. Like, I can speak it. <laughs> Alejandro knows. Um, Alejandro speaks English better than I speak Spanish. But I do speak Spanish fluently, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can't spell Latino without LA, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, Jamie, where do you live though? Aren't you repping New York or are you like out of here? Wow. I'm repping Eric right now. Okay. I like that, Jamie. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Speaking of that, I would love to hear y'all's perspective on the ballad of Chalino Sanchez. Let's talk mm. about Idolo. Uh, tell the audience, just in case they haven't heard about it, although it's been featured in the LA Times. It's Ooh. it's it's on the top lists. It's on Apple. It's a wonderful product. So please wow. tell those people under a rock or a boulder, or if they're small, a pebble. Tell them about <laughs> the podcast, please. Yeah, I mean, the podcast is a, uh, we, we're investigating these theories about the death of a um, prominent Mexican singer named Chalino Sanchez, who was sort of the soundtrack of uh, my childhood and Alex's childhood, the music you would hear on the streets, because it was never like, um, you know, red, radio ready, like it was too gangster for the radio. And Chalino um, became very, very well known in certain communities in the U.S. and in Mexico and then was murdered after a very um, big show in Culiacán, Sinaloa. There's a meme of him. He's become like, you know, you see him getting a note while on stage. It's a death note meme that you'll see a lot on social media and me and Alejandro were like, there's way more to this man than, than a meme. And so we went in and sort of investigated that and told his story in, um, in classic true crime fashion. Wow. Right, Alejandro? Yes. And it's, um, it's an amazing story because it doesn't matter if you're into regional Mexicano music or into this culture. Uh, it's a story, it's about a crime, an unsolved crime with a lot of theories and a lot of um, crazy things that you would expect to see in a movie, not in real life, but it happens. So it's an amazing story. Uh, if you're into Regional Mexicano or you know who Chalino is or not, it's an amazing story for anyone that wants to hear it. Now, you mentioned you listened to Chalino growing up. What kind of did Chalino, like, mean to you, like, as before this project? Like, was it something that you grew up listening to, your parents, you know? I think it's a little different for both of us. We're on two sides of the border. And, and like, for me, Chalino was um, someone that connected me to my parents' culture as a kid. Because, you know, I was, like, in L.A. I was in Southeast L.A. in the 90s in, in these neighborhoods where... Um, like it was, they were, they were kind of violent neighborhoods that I lived in and Chalino was seen basically like in a very, um, rancho aesthetic, you know, like from the old country, but he was singing narco corridos, which are kind of like gangster rap. And so in that way, it was sort of like he bridged this culture for, for like, especially, you know, the generation right before me, my brother's generation, 
who who like idolized Chavino. And um, like they went from like, you know, bumping NWA and uh, The Chronic to mm. like, you know, wearing Tejanas and boots and, and like looking like cowboys and listening to Chalino's corridos. And that's kind of my experience with it was like experiencing it through like the older guys in my neighborhood who were kind of uh, really connected finally to their, to their culture. All right. And Alex, Alex is a little different because he was, he was growing up in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born in Uruapan, Michoacán, and I grew up in Mexico City. So I would spend my vacations in Uruapan, and I would be listening to this music with my cousins. But in Mexico City, I would be listening to some other music. And I think Chalino in Mexico and some parts of Mexico, it represents uh, violence and the normalized it is in Mexico because it's a, a, a another musician who had a tragic ending, like uh, Valentin Elizalde or Jenny Rivera, El Shaka. There, there's a lot, but you would listen to those mu to that type of music in the streets of some parts in Mexico, and at the end of the day, it's like okay, we are listening to this music, but. It, they are singing about the same violence we are um, surrounded by. Did you guys get any backlash from, you know, working on this project? People saying that you're idolizing perhaps someone that sang about violence and advocated about violence. Did you get any backlash when it came to that? I know for me, you know, I've been asked that question. And like, for me, it's it's interesting, though, you know, because I grew up in that like environment and I, I always say like those stories des deserve to be told and that they need to be told with dignity and, and by the people who grew up there and lived through them. I think Chalino's story is a story of man who made something out of his life and, and tried to build his own path and at the same time was caught up in this vicious cycle that is perpetuated, especially... Um, by people who grow up in the Golden Triangle, which if you don't know what the Golden Triangle is, it's this area in Mexico where drugs come in and then they're bought by the U.S. They, they're imported from South America. They come in through Mexico and they've come in through there forever. And so like, it, it's almost like a tale of like trying to escape his own destiny for so long. Mm. And, and when I tell it like, I think the way we tell the story, we, we tell a story of a very human, very flawed person who was trying to make a difference for his family and trying to hustle and, and live an immigrant life in a country that, that frankly doesn't welcome him. And I think that's the story we're telling. So when people like try to focus and be like, well, don't tell this story because it's a story that involves violence and, and we're tired of hearing stories about violence and, and communities of color. But the, the truth of the matter is, like, when we're saying that, we're shutting a lot of people up yeah. who, are, who are really experiencing this stuff. And you're telling us our stories don't have any value because essentially white people think that's all of us. 
Mm. Like you notice white people get to tell any kind of fucking story. It could be about criminals. <laughs> it could be about pedophiles. <laughs> like, and then Academy you know, Award nomination. Yeah, exactly. nominee. <laughs> but we we start we start talking stories, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is this is too violent, or this is like you know stereotypes." And like, I feel like that's how they keep us like in our in our boxes, you know. Mm. Where and and I also think that. Yeah, yeah, the stories that have been told previously have been kind of one-dimensional and they have been kind of stereotypical, but that's because we're not telling them. Other people are telling our story. Wow. Um, and, and so that's my answer when people say that. And again, it's a very different experience to like grow up like here in LA versus to grow up in, you know, places like Urapan, which are heavily controlled by the cartel. So I'll let Alex answer the question for himself. Yeah, I think we tried to be very careful to, in the way that we tell the story, because I know, and we all know that these type of stories are really painful for a lot of people in Mexico. People who have lost their family because of the violence or their money, or they had to left their home behind. So this is a story about a legend an icon, but at the same time about a victim of the drug war. And it's, it's really crazy because there's a lot of journalists being killed just because they are doing their work. So we tried mm. to be very respectful in the way that we told the story and not glamorizing or, or hyping up the narco culture. But thinking like, okay, this is happening and there are, there are a lot of layers to, to this topic and to this matter. So uh, I, I'm happy with the way that we told the story. Nice. Um, hablando de eso, ustedes tenían mucho acceso a, a, a gente alrededor de, de Chalino Sánchez, incluyendo su mejor amigo Nacho, ¿verdad? So yo quiero saber de esta, you know, your approach en hablando con su gente o con su familia, con su mejor amigo. And I'm sure you guys, as mentioned, tenían respeto porque ustedes, you know, son los storytellers. But I would love to hear more about that. And, and from your investigative journalistic perspectives, um, both, you know, in Mexico and then telling it from the U.S. perspective, Eric, let me know about those stories and how you digested and then interpreted. You want to go first, Alex? Uh, Alex yeah. was like in Culiacán. How about my Spanish? Anybody going like, <laughs> to give me a round of applause for my Spanish? Very beautiful Spanish, yeah. Can somebody clap for me? Shit! Okay, thank you. No, I would, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would have answered in Spanish, but you switched to English and I got my brains confused. I don't know how to say the word approach in Spanish. Anybody out there, I'm sorry. Let me know your answers, please. Tú, Eric, tú empieza porque tú, tú hablaste con con, con las personas en California. Mira, yo hablé con, hablé con la vida de Chalino y hablé con Nacho, que era su mejor amigo. Um, y sí, era con mucho respeto, pero también es una cosa que tú sabes cómo es. Si alguien es de tu vecindad, somos from your neighborhood, they get like mad respect like right off the bat. And like for, I think because my family is from Culiacán, I'm from Paramount, like, from Southeast LA, 
and that's where they were from. There was sort of like a um, like a secondhand where we could just talk and be very comfortable in a way that maybe they weren't with other with other journalists or with other person like people. It was kind of like talking somebody to somebody from the block, you know. Mm. And so, in that sense, you know, it was it was very like number one, mind blowing for me to be in those rooms with these people who were so closely connected to this guy that was kind of a, a big presence in my life. And I think that that was kind of my approach. I think, you know, they were able to be very genuine and honest with me. Because, and I think a large part of that is because I'm, you know, Sinaloense, because I'm from Southeast LA and um, also because I was, you know, approaching it from a very empathetic place. I was not judging um, anybody and I wasn't there to, I just kind of wanted to know who this man was and what kind of person he was and kind of like, like imagine like, and we don't even have to imagine because it happens like Tupac, Biggie died, there was no real investigation. And like the fact that that happened is tragic. And so to me, it was just like, I wanted to give that to Maricela's husband and I wanted to give that to Nacho's best friend. And I think that is how they were able to see it and, and really be able to connect with us. But I think Alex, like Alex talked to people in Sinaloa who are living through this, you know, and also like with journalists who investigated this. And I think there are different levels to like, being able to talk to someone who, who is living through the, the narco violence, um, you know, you can talk to people like in their living room here in LA and, and now that they've kind of separated from it and sort of survived it. And that, that does require a lot of empathy, but it's, I think it's a lot harder to talk to people who are actively living in Sinaloa, experiencing it and covering it as journalists and, and as musicians. Right, Alex? Yeah. Uh, in my case, I went to, to Culiacán and Mazatlán, uh, trying to understand the place where Chalino was born. This state uh, where the biggest drug cartels were born and the biggest drug lords from Mexico were born. So it's an amazing place with amazing people, but it's a place uh, surrounded by violence and it's a place with um, where it is really normal to or really common to go to a nightclub and find that there's a drug lord in the same nightclub uh, just mm. spending a lot of money or it's really common to to be a journalist uh, like Javier Valdez and being killed in the middle of the street in the mm. afternoon just mm. because you were doing your your job and it's really common to be a singer a famous singer and to be killed at the end of your show but at the same time uh, there's a lot of people trying to just carry on and and take the best out of this so there's a lot of cultural expressions and artistic expressions like corridos, narco corridos, or even designers or people doing art, but being uh, inspired by the narco culture, but at the same time being held hostages like Culiacanazo, 
by the narco culture. So it's really it, it's an amazing place, but it's it's really mind blowing because the violence and the pain uh, get along with the happiness and the and the uh, and the ganas de salir adelante de la gente of the people. Mm. So this um this series really delves into the like all the like the myths about Chanilo's life and like theories about his death, right? Like while you while you were researching this, were there any like surprising uh surprising things you learned about Chalino through this through you know through doing this this show? That you yeah. never that you never knew, <laughs> that you were like, oh wow, damn, this is this is a new one. Yeah, man, a lot. Like, uh, I felt like every week we were like, I mean, every episode we're like, um, I mean, it was, things get complicated. And like, yeah. you know, for example, like in one episode, like, um, we had a late night, late night phone call, like the day before the show was going to premiere and we had some new information and we had to change it. And, <sighs> and then like in one episode, like, like low key, like it turns out my cousin, like a, a distant relative of mine was like, <laughs> was like sort of part in the, like part of this big theory about who killed Chalino. Oh my God. Ooh, juicy. Yeah. Wait, does he end up on the, does he end up on the podcast? No, no, I mean, he's dead. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. But okay. like you start to like, um, Alex told me the same that they say down there. It's like, uh, Pueblo Chico, Infierno Grande. Yes. Ah. Yeah, which is like small town, big hell, essentially. It just loses something in the translation. But you start to realize how connected you are to, to this, these things and these people. And, and also just like the one thing I really started like for me was like, oh, shit, like this could have been like me. Like this could happen to, you know, if you grow up in a certain environment and you're not able to sort of escape and even if you do escape, like you can get caught up years later, you know? And, and I think that like, that's, that was something I got to experience as we we're like learning about Chalino. I was like really learning about myself and also about my family and about this place my family's from, Culiacan. And yeah, there was a lot of like twists and turns that, uh, I mean, there's stuff that we had to cut because of the lawyers. Like, there's a lot of stuff, man. Mm. It's, like, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, that phone call thing sounds real mysterious. Like, you just like you just got a, a late <laughs> yeah, night phone yeah, call. Like, do not air this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, me and Alex had to change. Like, we were, like, done. And next thing you know, I'm in a closet, like, recording lines to fix <laughs> to fix this thing like Sunday night, like, cause it was dropping Tuesday and Sunday night we were, we were making changes and there was, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think that a lot of that was, you know, a, a, a unique experience. I heard uh, you guys even collaborated on the music. You have Mexican, uh, um, artists, uh, and from Mexico collaborate on the music. Yeah, yeah, we had escribimos un corrido. It was a, you know, we had a team of musicians who played the music, and and we had a, a really talented uh, writer named Hector who wrote the, the song, and and we helped collaborate on the lyrics. Alex is also a very talented musician; he does yes. punk, right, wow. Alex? Okay. Nice. Nice. So we were like, yeah, we we're like in a Zoom room, spinning bars, like trying to like. Uh, 
like rhyme Disneylandia with Narcolandia and shit like that. Like <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Not gonna lie, I never thought I'd write a corrido, but that, I, you know, I contributed just a little bit. It was mostly Alex and and the the team that did that. Yeah. Nice. Eh, bueno, seguimos hablando en español, señores eh, y señoras. Uh, that's all I have today. Now we speak it to English. Um, no, okay, I have a question about the interesting intersection and merger. We sort of started talking about it here of immersive storytelling and music. I think this is a really unique project because it covers, like it's coming at different angles, talking about, um, you know, especially music, such a strong pillar in Latino lifestyle. And then also there's another really interesting intersection here. Our friends at Futuro Media worked with Sonoro on this project as well. Big shout out to Maria Hinojosa and our nice. friend Julito Varela over at Latino Rebels. So I'd love to hear about any future intersections, uh, anything else that you feel should be broached with this immersive storytelling and music collision. Are there other artists out of Mexico? Are there other, other artists out of Latin America that have a deeper story to be told that the fans need to hear? Or is this something that is a premature question for you guys alex I, i i i don't have any plans on like i don't even have any immediate plans but i don't know alex is always working on stuff and he's also living there so i i don't know that like there, it's a premature question but there's a lot of good stories and a lot of great musicians not just in mexico but Uh, in Latin America, like, uh, I don't know, Cancerbero, who's a, was a Venezuelan rapper, and he died mm. in a mysterious way as well. Um, mm. Of course, Jenny Rivera, and it's like the same, mm. you know, mm -hmm. the same vibe with uh, Latinos in the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot of stories. I, I think that... Um, I don't know, we, we need people, more people to start telling these stories, you know, because there's a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great observation, Rachel, like that. That is, this is like a, a new like genre, really, because I think music is uh, one of the like biggest ways Latinos have constantly told stories to one another and passed them through generations. And it's such a big part of our culture that it totally makes sense that these are the stories that sort of resonate with so many of us. So I, I agree with Alex. There are hundreds of stories out there, thousands. And I, I just want to see hundreds and thousands of storytellers telling those stories. You know, it doesn't have to be us. Of course, we're going to tell you more stories. Um, you know, the plan with Idolo is to continue the show and do more seasons with different stories. Um, But we're, we're definitely like, we just literally finished this one. So we're like, we're like chilling, you know, just mm -hmm. trying to, trying to get by. Um, but I do think I would, you know, if you speak of Futuro, like Futuro did a great job telling the story of telling a story about um, uh, reggaeton music. Um, and I think that, That was also successful. They also did the one on Selena. And I think that was also successful. And you see that there is a big audience that wants to hear these stories of these people that they grew up listening to. And, and so I can definitely picture many more of those stories coming out down the pipeline. That's a great observation for sure. 
Yeah, I love when things collide, you know? Like, there was a time <laughs> where I kept shit separate. Like, my corporate life was my corporate life, and then my comedy was my comedy. But so much for that. You know, like, now that's completely collided, and I'm producing comedy stuff. It's really crazy how the world works. But I love the podcast space for that reason, is that we have the liberty to make all the freaking collisions that we want. Music, you know, narco corridos, true crime, love, sex, being Latino, mental health. Like, it's all out there. I'm so proud to be a part of this space. Okay, we're talking a lot about this project. I love your guys' side hustles because y'all got like 15 side <laughs> hustles on your resume. Yo, our boy Alex right here, if, if I'm not mistaken, is the editor-in-chief of Vice en Español Ooh, out there. Was. was, past tense, but yo, yeah, I mean... I, I was for I, eight years. That's big, that's big, yeah. that's big. Eight oh, wow. years? Yes. So you're wow. used to like get, you know getting in there, getting in the in the trenches. And I like... used to to do a documentaries and and be at the office, you know, editing texts from other people. Now I wrote. I missed writing, but I did documentaries yeah. uh, that like doing drugs and they would pay me for that so that was fun wow that's good <laughs> wow or doing, good yeah, or doing yeah, this what was that? Alex what Frank's was like that? you can Alex, you can you can watch me on YouTube like I smoke a toad there's this one drug what's the drug you what's smoke the, a toad yeah the 5-M-E-O-D-M-T yeah, yeah. oh so, wow que, that que. was one and I made a pact with the devil in for nice. another documentary <laughs> Oh no! Or you know, but now, video, uh, yeah. but now uh, I'm doing a monthly show for Channel Sixty Scenes Sixty Six by Vans. It's a monthly show with Vans. I host and interview musicians and artists. Uh, Wait, I, not like vans, like the things that creepers drive around in, like vans, like the sneakers, like the yeah, those yeah. fast line. Okay, see, I just want to clarify. See. Tennis bands, skating, skateboarding, and music. Sí. Oh, I I'm, I'm doing another podcast uh, for Spotify. And it's nice. like wow. it's like this type of stories I used to do for Vice. Like crazy and weird stuff. So I'm, I'm starting that project now. And I have my band, a punk rock band called Chingadazo de Kung Fu. So you can I listen to it. Kung Fu! <laughs> Yeah. So you can wow. listen to it. <laughs> Yo, they're big. They they perform to like nice. giant wow, crowds. That is awesome. kick ass. And Eric, excuse me, uh, do you sleep? I don't know. Or like how? <laughs> Yo, I have to shout you out real quick. Okay, Wild is his podcast that's out there and also available, right? Yeah. And then there's the new CBS, I don't know, just a TV series uh, that you're out there working on, Mexicans in Beverly Hills. And then uh -huh. I have to shout out my brethren real quick. Eric Galindo and I are part of the NHMC Latin Extreme Showcase. We were both writers featured in the uh -huh. showcase and had our short 
short films produced out there. Um, I'm just so proud of your growth. I love your growth. I want to marry your Thank growth. You. It's like so, <laughs> if I could turn your growth into a person. Buy a dinner. Buy his growth dinner first. <laughs> Where Jeez, should I, I can only afford Olive Garden right now. Like, I'm not really in a place to date growth right now. <laughs> um, I appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you, Rachel. Congrats on everything. Yo, tell us a little bit. And this this is a question for both of you guys, actually. Look, we're Latinos out here, Mexicanos maneuvering spaces, some of which may be unfamiliar or uncharted territory. The future Eric's and the future Alejandro's están escuchando ahora mismo a este podcast. So, like, what are some tips that y'all have learned already maneuvering this space that we're trying to take over, trying to dominate? We get in there, people. But what's, what are some tips and tricks that you could tell future Eric's and future Alejandro's que están tuned in right now to this podcast? I mean, I like to tell people, like, to tell you, I mean, obviously it sounds silly, but, like, tell your story. Sometimes we get so caught up in trying to tell other people's stories. Maybe they're maybe they're they're also Latino stories, but they're not necessarily your story, or or it's not very personal. Like to me, it's like make it personal. Um, you have a very specific lens that other people don't have, and I think that that is usually what makes um, they, things feel universal. It sounds kind of contradictory, but the more specific you are, the more universal a story will be. Mm. Um, and the other thing is like you just got to keep taking shots. Like it's hard. You miss a lot, but you know I like to say I take more shots than Kobe. That's you know aye, anybody that knows me. Knows aye, me. Aye, and if you know, Kobe shot more shots than anyone in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Set the record for most shots, not most shots made, most shots. Most wow. wow! But he was an NBA Hall of Famer, first ticket, a legend, one of the best that ever did it. And when they asked him about the shooting of the shots, he said, "Shooters shoot." So that's mm. what I do. Like, I just take a lot of shots. There's a bunch of, if you see like two or three of my projects, there's like a hundred that you never got to see. You know what I mean? Like that just that. And, and so like, you have to be very resilient and you have to really believe in yourself. Um, because, you know, if you believe in yourself, I, I feel like other people will start believing in yourself. But if you're the one doubting yourself, I think that that's, that's when others will start to doubt you too. So even mm. though you'd be missing a lot of shots, just keep having faith that they're going to start to fall in. You know, that, that at least that's been my personal experience. Can we wow. insert a swoosh sound in post-production? <laughs> like a And then like maybe a couple a, clanks, a couple clanks, because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to miss some of the shots. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, and like a buzzer, a shot at the buzzer. <laughs> okay, just for note for post-production, and we're back. Alejandro? Uh, a uh, message for, the, for Alejandro El Futuro? Sí. <laughs> mm, uh, I don't know, uh, be good and keep having fun and that's it i think i think that when you are working on things or on projects or it's easy to to desanimarte you know like to mm. you are because you are trying to see results really fast and it's not always the same so just keep doing what you're doing i think that if you if you take the money out of the equation in all of the projects you are working or the things that you want to do, the money will eventually come. So you 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 just have to do things uh -huh. with 
passion and, mm. uh, you know, like, and las ganas que de hacerlo. Sí. So just have wow. fun sí. and, and be good to, to other people. Because if you're Ay. good, you're going to get uh, good things uh, back to you. So... Oh, nice. this is words of wisdom yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like spoken, drink. spoken like a guy who made a deal with the devil. Yeah, like, I know, yeah. right? This is a guy. Yeah. And drink, drink water. That's uh, an important message. Yeah, are you, uh, are you hiding your horns and within under the, underneath that cap? <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, okay. If you're gonna go to hell, tell Pat Sajak I said hello first of all, because uh, you know. And uh, no, have a good time. I truly feel if you know you're on your way down, enjoy the ride down. Go down straight graffiti on your way down. Shh. Like just fuck everything up. You know what I'm saying? Have fun, Alejandro, and exactly. I'll see you there. Uh, and I didn't make a deal. Eric and Alejandro, before like before we end the interview. Um, can, do you want to just kind of give one last kind of uh, pitch to the audience about why they should listen to Idolo, the ballad of Chal Chalino Sanchez? Mm. Uh, this is a story about a guy who tried to tell the stories from his community and in doing so basically became this sort of cautionary tale And I think if, if you like that kind of story where like, like stories about destiny, right? And even when it's like a fatalistic destiny, then I think this might be for you, but you know, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't like to think shit is for everybody, but I do think this is a dope podcast. We put all our heart into it. We spent a lot of time working on it and it, it is essentially a mix of, you know, narcos and, like punk rock and hip hop and I... you get wow. to hear you know like basically two nerds <laughs> trying <laughs> try to try to solve like this murder that involved uh narcotraficantes like i don't know you know that's my pitch alex what I, do you think? my pitch is that uh it's easy we have uh, one of our characters it's a narco without arms but with prosthetic <laughs> arms. No, but, oh, okay. no other show has a character like that. So wow. let's go ahead yes. and listen to it. Yes, this is you true. Got a real me. life person. Wow. That's the real hook. life person that the LA Times wrote about. We know he existed. Wow. Also, my cousin. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. That's a great, like, you know, one-liner to start things off at a party. Hey, you know who my cousin was? <laughs> Check it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a good sure. icebreaker. Uh, hey, look, I want to thank you guys for coming on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Would you please tell our listeners how you would like them to follow you, where you are on social, and any any parting words? The floor is y'all's. Mm. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can... You know, search for my name, Eric Galindo, or at Eric Galindo. You'll find me. Um, no, I mean, I like Alex's Tomenawa. Yo estoy como arroba soy Ale Mendoza. That's my username. Well, I'm at soy Ale Mendoza. And chingadazo de Kung Fu. And Wow. I, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, we're going to fade out to that. Yo, thank you guys so much. Gracias a ustedes. Y que Gracias le vayan bien. Gracias. Thanks, y'all.
Thanks for coming on, guys. Y gracias por ponerme a usar mi español, porque mi español es peor. Es, es feo. It's like never used. Thanks. Ooh. Okay, guys. That was interesting. Yes. Um, this guy was no joke. Oh, I thought you meant Rachel trying to speak Spanish um, in the interview. That was very interesting. Perdóname, pero mi español es atrocious. It's really, it's not, I'm not proud of it. I don't think I'm impressing my retired Spanish teacher father. Um, <laughs> nor, uh, look, I, I don't know. I guess if you don't use it, you kind of lose it. And it's sad. No, Rachel, but you did a great job. Gracias. Yo creo que yo I puedo hablar español si, if the circumstances <laughs> needed me to. I'm not going to lie. I had some Google Translate questions on deck, <laughs> but then they were already asked. They were already asked by the time I was ready. So I was like, great. I don't, now I'm, now I can't say anything because I had one that was like, puedes describir que es, que es Ooh. narco corridos. Y, y que significa chalino para cada uno de ustedes. You know what I mean? Like Ooh. I had these. Whoa. I had them. I had them ready to go, but the questions were asked, and then I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't have time to go back to Google Translate to think, you know, to try to do some other. Oh, so, you but I was ready. Dirty... I was ready to impress. I was ready to impress. You, you're a dirty rotten scoundrel. Because now you're ready to impress. <laughs> now that the guest is not here. Now that you have to do it, there's no pressure. Now you're reading off of your blackboard or your little tablet or whatever you got uh, over there. Your Commodore 64, whatever it is. Oh, wow, really? I let you do all the heavy lifting on the Spanish part. I apologize. I left you out there. Meanwhile, um, on your own, on your own. It, for the record, isn't Frank the best Spanish speaker of the nah, three of us I, here? I, I, I got, I, yeah, I got some thrown up Spanish. It's, uh, it's not, it's not precise like Jamie's. You know, very Castellano, proper Spanish. Castellano, you know? uh, yeah, yeah, me with the yeah, no, my, those family members look down on me when I try to speak Spanish. I have like the perfect when I, when I, when I bring out that New York and they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, that was uh, great. they understand though. They're just like, oh, okay. Um, I, I'm not, because I mean, Galicia is a whole completely different. And that's like, I've said it before. Galicia is like, Spanish on speed is like they're mm. like so fast, yeah. And then they love to tell jokes, so they love they they tell these jo these jokes, and I and I have to pretend laugh because I'm you know to, <laughs> to you know because I'm just like I I don't really know what the what the setup or the punchline was, but everyone else is laughing, so let me laugh so I don't look I don't look like uh you know I don't know what I'm what i'm doing uh, but um, I, I can't wait yeah. to like see some of the spaniards in full effect at your wedding i'm so Ooh, excited to see the toros escapando de las pareras i don't know i just can't <laughs> wait to see the spaniards and the traditions come alive but i feel 
Uh, a lot of traditions came alive in this podcast, um, and yeah. some of those traditions died. Like, yo, it's really interesting to hear about Chalino Sanchez and just the musical powerhouse that he was is uh, the idol to children. It's like crazy to think about his life as a narco corrido, um, drug smuggling. But check out the ballad of Chalino Sanchez. It's a project brought to you by Sonoro, our friends here at the Sonoro hey. Network. And... Futuro Media. Um, so what a great collaboration. Make sure to check yeah. it out. And shout out to Eric and Alejandro. Do we have any other shout outs? I think we do, right? Of course, you know, we can't forget to give massive love to Yero.com. Right. The definitive news and lifestyle platform for Latino men. Right. Have you got mad skills and killer content that keeps peeps a clicking? Mm. Do you, Frank? I think I do, but uh, I think you think you do. <laughs> I think I'm not sure, but I toy well, let Yero let let Yero.com know, and okay. you could be featured on Yero. So visit Yero.com um, backslash contribute to learn more. All right, all right, thank you. And um, if you want to learn more about me, Jay Ferns Instagram, Jay underscore Ferns Twitter. I guess someone else comes after me. All right, who else? Well, there's only three of us, so mathematically, <laughs> it's either going to be Frank or me. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, an event that we went to yesterday. Uh, I... Rachel. Yeah, we okay. had a lot of fun. I don't remember the name of the place. It was something comedy something. And I, I want to say it was something Gore really. Gorelli's, she lit it up. That's all Wait, I know. I think it was a really difficult name. I think it was something like the New York Comedy Club. Something it was like hard that, to yeah. remember. Something like that. Yeah. I think I'm pretty New sure it was the New York. <laughs> was it New York Comedy Club? Yes, it was the New yeah. York Comedy Club. <laughs> I just know I had that a good time. That sounds like a fate. That sounds like a club that somebody just makes up in the middle when they don't know a name of a club. They're like, oh, yeah, it was the New York Comedy Club. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember. Uh, yes. Too many beers from uh, from Rachel and, and Miss Yaya. But I had a great time. Groleris was... Um, <laughs> Was hosting Gloria's Mora. Gloria's Mora. Shout out to Tommy Five K that was also performing. Gadiel. Shout out to Cipher Sounds that gave a roasted Dominicans on Dominican Day. It was amazing from coming over the weekend. He came on stage with a boombox and was blasting the Mark Anthony and was just like instigating and brought that whole PR versus DR in the 80s and 90s back to the stage of the New York Comedy Club. It was perfect. I loved it. It was really perfect. I mean, if cancel culture would hear him, wow, amazing. (laughs) Like back in the old days, I loved it. Uh, shout out to El Tigre Bacano, the white boy. Amazing, yes. Rachel. He was hilarious. I holla, meaning holla bread, if you hear me, because that's my brethren uh, over there. Jewish. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Jerry Diaz, El Modifoca, that was in the house. Am shout I out to Juan Bravo, that was in the house. <laughs> shout out to Miss Yaya, that was in the house. I had a blast, Rachel. Wow. It was fun. What a great night. What a great yeah. idea to celebrate Dominican independence with a comedy show. And all generations were there. Glory's mom, shout out to Glory's mom and her whole family that be rolling deep to her shows. All and the time. also, shout out to just seeing that aggregate on stage, that curating of a hell of a show with our people gracing the stage, nothing but Latinos, and comedy for everyone. You know, you didn't have to be Latino to enjoy in that audience, but being Latino, you sure did relate. Didn't you relate to so many? Yo, I got a shout out Julio Diaz. I don't know if you included yes, him in your lineup, but yo, shout out to a comic named Julio Diaz. He also has a podcast called TJ Squared. Julio Diaz has been doing his thing for mm. years now. 
And you guys know those people that you watch them on stage and you watch them back then and you can just, you can put your hands on the growth. That seems to be the theme of this episode, growth. But um, I I just want to shout him out real quick because he had me dying with Mm. one of his jokes. Talk about how complicated it is to fill out the (laughs) unemployment questionnaire and how for a long time he was filling out the N.A. because it said, have you worked in the last couple of weeks? And he thought it was nah. So he was like, wow, it's a good joke. That's a good joke. Like, did you make more than 200 this week? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nice. I thought so the same good. thing too. He put me you, on. He put you, and he's funny because it's true. Like when you fill out the questionnaire now, it's like you do it. You're like opening your eyes mad wide to not mess it up because they be trying to get you the government, trying to answer the wrong question. Next thing you know, you're unemployment court. You know, you ask, can't afford a lawyer. So they throw you in jail. Anyway, shout out to Julio Diaz and his growth and all the comedians that bless that stage. Um... Yo, uh, it's real out there. This is a great episode. I hope we opened your eyes and I hope that this podcast puts you onto some things that you may otherwise not have been privy to. But check out all these podcasts that we mentioned. Support Latinos in this space. And guys, I don't know. And look, well, look, let's not forget that we can't do any of these podcast shows without a behind the scenes team. So definitely want to shout out um, our behind the scenes squad. Um, Paco de Pablo, our uh-huh. producer PDP. supervisor. Yes, sir. Uh, PDP, PDP. Mitzi Hernandez, Aye. another producer. She's always here with us. Mitzi she's, Hernandez. She's the one that puts us in line. She's the siempre, one who's like, siempre, wrap always. it up. Uh, yes. Um, pronto. <laughs> pronto. <laughs> and Augusto Martinez, our yeah. audio engineer. Yes, he makes you guys sound very good. Our exclusive guitarist. He's ours. Oh yeah, and he plays yes. the guitar. Uh, yeah, he's really he can, great. Yeah, he he can rock. Yes. He rocks on that guitar. I want to yeah. rock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rock. If we were in Mexico rock. City, we would we would go to. Um, if he was doing a show, we would definitely want to see him live. Oh, oh and yeah. I would bring like ten lighters with me and light them all up at the same time <laughs> Freaky in yeah. the show for Augusto. <laughs> each, each finger will have a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Every rose has its thorn. <laughs> uh, we'll be throwing out requests, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't play that song." I, I was like, "Can you do Happy Birthday, please? Please do Happy Birthday." And he was probably like, "Really? I play like you know Bohemian Rhapsody and like you know like really stuff like that. You want me to yeah, do Happy yeah, Birthday yeah. on your podcast for Frank? Nice. Really, Rachel?" <laughs> Nice. So we love you. Anywho, uh, we love those guys, um, Paco, Mitzi, Augusto. We love them. So they do. They 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 they're the ones who they're the reason why you can hear us right now. You know. So yeah. Anyway, Rachel, you wanna do the honors? Sure. You mean sing a verse from the Encanto soundtrack? Absolutely. We're part of the Familia Latinas Out Loud. I'm part of the Familia Latinas Out Loud. I know wow. it's magical, fantastical. We're part of Familia Latinas Out Loud. Is that what you wanted? Because that's what I gave you. On that note, we out! <laughs> <laughs>